right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA Fancast. Tune in. Oh, baby, what time is it? You're listening to MMA Fancast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Payson. Welcome to the show. Today I am joined by Jeremy the Adonis Mitchell, who was on our show back in February, right before the lockdown happened uh, for COVID. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, it is great having you back on. It's nice to see that uh, MMA is starting to get up and running again. I guess to jump in, you have a fight announcement that's still fresh, and it's an upcoming fight. Any type of sports news is big. Uh, So tell us, what's the fight announcement? Uh, So I will be fighting September the 12th in the co-main event of Valor Fighting Challenge 73 for the Bantamweight uh, title, actually. So I'll be dropping down a weight class. And what state? Where is this? Where is this hosted? Uh, it'll be Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, because I was I was going to say you are currently, according to Tapology, the fifth ranked featherweight in Virginia. And some of our listeners may remember you were going to fight in Pittsburgh. It was going to be an incredible card. Uh, unfortunately, it got shut down the day of by the state. And that was going to be for 247 Fighting Championships. Um, and that w- would have been March 13th. And you weighed in. We got to meet in person, which was nice. Um, but you weighed in everything March 12th. And it looked like it was going to happen. And then last minute, the morning of the fight, it got canceled. So kind of take us from there. Now, obviously, we have the good news. We want to talk more about your title, making the Bantamweight Cup. We'll get into all this. But take us back to March 12th. Everybody weighed in. It was exciting. The arena was set up. Everything looked good. Kind of what was it like that Saturday, it getting canceled? Oh, man. Ever since since then, it's been uh, just crazy. Um, it picked up, for me, most people. I know it slowed down a little bit. Um, but actually, that morning, I woke up. Everything was good. Got straight out of bed. Started my morning workout because I always like to do a little shakeout in the morning. And I just wanted to go ahead and kind of get it out of the way. Normally, I do it after I eat breakfast, but I wanted to go ahead and get it out of the way so I could go ahead and, you know, worry about my meals and stuff and get, you know, focused for the fight. And I was feeling a little little bloated from the night before, as everyone kind of knew from the post going into it. I had several little issues throughout that camp between just uh, breaking my, my toe, which sounds like absolutely nothing. Really, it wasn't nothing, but it did hinder a lot. And the fact that I had a sinus infection, I was on antibiotics for that at the time, too. So I woke up feeling kind of rough that morning, so I just wanted to kind of go ahead and get it out of the way and see how my cardio was going to hold up that day. And everything, truthfully, was looking great. And as soon as I got done doing my shakeout, I had a text from a manager, Tammy, that said <clears throat> to call her. And I, I know that's never a good thing when it's this close. And honestly, I thought it was because my opponent, Fatty, had something happen. Because from the looks of it, he had a, a very... Not hard weight cut, but a very hefty weight cut. And so I was, I was actually mainly concerned about his health, him being able to fight, one, because of, you know, how it would put me out of another fight, but two, just, you know, his health. I, I don't wish harm on anyone. Right. And um, so, you know, calling her and she gave me the news that the whole card was canceled, which was a relief considering his health, but sure. it, it's still a huge bummer. I've, Spent probably the next 20 minutes crying. I kept trying to get like a 
a live video for Instagram just to kind of explain what happened because there were so many people to try to contact before they made the drive to the venue. And some people had already, you know, made it up there. And, man, it was just, it was crazy. It was very disheartening, and it shows to, you know, not take anything for granted, but Ryan and all the guys at 247, like, they were awesome. Um, they, they still paid his show money even though they didn't have to. They took good care of us, put us in a nice hotel, um, even came to the hotel, had a meeting, explained things, answered questions, took us out to lunch. Uh, it was, like I said, I couldn't say more good things about 247. So they handled it the best they could. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you. I'm glad to to hear it directly from one of the fighters on that card. Kind of how they responded. It was kind of the worst case scenario in many ways, other than injury or people physically getting ill. Just with COVID hitting, uh, and it being enforced by the state within, you know, if they had even given 24 more hours, everybody would have gotten to fight. But I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Ryan and everybody from 247 did the best they could given uh, the situation. And I do hope that you'll get the opportunity to come back up. I think 247, you know, we have a lot of 247 fighters on this show, not exclusively. We do interview other people. But I do think 247, once it's up and running again, will have the capability to really be be a good area for regional MMA, you know. Um, and, Absolutely. And I, I think you're going to be a big part of that. Now, Take us to Tennessee and how this came about. Um, and obviously, you fought at featherweight. Kind of, uh, how are you doing? I've seen on Facebook that you do look lean and shredded. I didn't realize the fight was going to be at bantamweight, but that explains why you're going down there. How's everything looking with this current fight? So it's um, mainly it started as soon as uh, as soon as I got back home from Pittsburgh. I put zero time aside for anything else. I was driven. I was ready to fight. And getting that close to getting to do so just, I don't know, it was like it made my mouth water. Like, I, I just wanted it more than ever. And to so at that point, I decided that I was going to take it to the farthest level that I could. And I want to maximize everything I could do in my life to be the best fighter, not around here, not regionally and I want to be the best in the world and at Bantamweight I truly feel I'm already there and so moving down was just a sacrifice that I would have to make within my eating but I make every other sacrifice I train hard at you know I prioritize and I, I decided that this wasn't too much of a sacrifice to make as, uh, as well so I you know that Monday I went back into the gym I buckled down even more on my diet um I after my fight in November, I focused really heavily on, uh, at that time, I, I was training martial arts, but I wasn't working on conditioning at all, almost. And because I'd had so many pull-ups, it was hard to stay motivated. And we had spoke about this last time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Fatty being such a, you know, like a good opponent and somebody I knew was going to show up, yeah. it pushed me. And so I focused heavily on my martial arts and my skills training, but my diet was still trash. I was eating Baconators until I was three weeks out, and then, you know, it got serious, like, you know, two weeks out as far as diet went, just to make weight. And so that was, you know, the only stone left unturned for me was to buckle down my diet because I had in every other aspect. And so, and I was super motivated by my wife. She lost over 50 pounds throughout the quarantine, so I was like, if, if she can buckle down on it, then I can too. Yeah. And so we kind of did it together, and she's such a positive motivator in my life. It's ridiculous. But so I, I did that, and 
started coming down in weight, and I got to where I was walking probably around 155, and I had actually went up and trained with Fatty and a bunch of the guys over at the academy and Matt Factor as well. And while I was up there, I got in contact with the woman that did his cut for mine and his fight, and she works under, like, the George Lockhart program and all that, which is, you know, it does nutrition for most of the UFC fighters. So I hired her and got her on board, and now it's like I'm eating all kinds of amazing foods and my weight's just falling off. And like I was back to talking about my wife, like she cooks every meal. That's what she's doing right now. Like she takes good care of me. And, um, so, so the drop the band on weight was the final straw I had to make. And that was the decision I'd ended up making to finally do finally jump all in. I would consider myself all in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before I'm, you know, I'm in more than everybody else, but there was always this one doubt. You want to get rid of every doubt that you have before a fight. And now it's like I can go in there knowing that I did absolutely everything and I can be the most confident version of myself. Like I said, at Featherweight, I, I think I'm one of the best in the world, but one of the best isn't good enough for me, especially since I would go into all my fights giving up size. Right. So going down to Bantamweight, I feel like being the bigger fighter and the better fighter because I truly do think I'm one of the best in the world, that this will you know, put me on the big show in no time, especially after a big title win. Absolutely. But the champion, actually, uh, that held the belt that I'm fighting for just made his UFC debut on a uh, six-day notice and uh, actually fought to a a draw in his UFC debut, but he got signed for multiple fights, which vacated the title. And the guy I was going to fight was already supposed to fight for the title previously, so they moved it to our fight being the title fight. Mm. So, Well, there's a lot there to unpack. Thanks for sharing at such depth. First <laughs> off, congratulations to your wife for, for losing all her weight during the quarantine and, and obviously for you as well. And I think it's a, it's a big thing that, you know, motivation and opportunity comes together. And sometimes people don't see that because I've seen all over social media the quarantine 15 or the quarantine 20 because people are kind of sliding the other way during quarantine. So I think you and your wife's story is a good story for people to to hear and get encouraged that like there is more opportunity during quarantine, even though people might be sliding out of healthy routine, there's actually more opportunity to do more healthy routine because that the certain distractions have been removed. So Congratulations to both you and your wife. And also, I think it's always important. You're an undefeated pro fighter. Your pro record counts. That's what matters. The amateurs are in the past. You're 2-0. Obviously, you've had a bunch of fights pull out. um, And obviously, Fatty's was circumstances outside of control. But we had talked about how I have met Fatty before uh, what you were going to do with your fight with him. And I knew he's, he's on the bigger side tall-wise, mm-hmm. for 145. So what's it like um, training with – what's it like training with somebody who you were going to fight? I know those guys up there are super great. I saw it on Facebook that you went up there to train with them. Kind of what was that like? Oh, man. You would have never even known we were supposed to fight with uh, with how seamless it was. Uh, he out of – and I don't just mean this through martial arts, but especially martial arts, but throughout life, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, and just generally good. This, this man, you know, welcomed me into his, his home gym, uh, showed no animosity. We actually, our very first thing we did, we, uh, we had a flow roll just to warm up and, 
uh, we were close and we discussed this after kind of waiting on the other one to try to take advantage of like, you know, the fact that we were flowing and neither of us did. It was a, you know, very great training, you know, training session. And honestly, it's, uh, and then just as well as the guys over at the Academy, like, uh, comma and John and all those guys, like they're people that I, I look forward to training with often, uh, at least once a month, every other month. Sure. But truthfully, um, you would have you never known we were supposed to fight. He was super welcoming. Uh, like I said, hooked me up with the nutritionist he used. Um, we got some good training. And I don't know, it was just it was all around good. Uh, like I said, you would have never guessed we were supposed to fight. So. Well, that is wonderful. Another thing that sometimes um, kind of gets smoothed out before people make it to Bellator or 1FC or UFC like you were mentioning is all the other components you know regional mma um outside of the big three or four promotions a lot of times the fighters are still taking fights they're fighting like you were saying you were training mixed martial arts but you weren't necessarily on all of your points when it came to your diet and your strength and conditioning and i do think you know some um regional fighters are still working full-time jobs there's just a lot mm -hmm. still going on and a lot of times the ufc move like comma is a good example of this i really think john de jesus is going to be right mm -hmm. behind comma it was a shame he didn't get to fight for his title uh, which would have been right right during the, the quarantine as well but um i think a lot of times by the time people make it to the ufc a lot of those things have been figured out you know because they've been able to to get it right on the regional scene so Great stuff, not only the fatty being, um, you know, nice and helpful to you and getting you hooked up with his nutritionist, but also that that's another thing you've ironed out during your regional career so that when you make it to the big level, like you're talking about wanting to be the best in the world, that's already handled. So that's a great thing. Speaking of your strength and conditioning, there was a video you put up on Facebook uh, and you're doing backflips and you talked a little bit about <laughs> Uh, you talked a little bit about your history with backflips um, in, in your childhood. So explain doing backflips and kind of how you're incorporating what would be more seen as like a gymnastic movement into your training. Oh, man. Um, so truthfully, what re-sparked the idea was uh, GSP, just seeing him do it. Sure. And I was like, you know what, I, I never considered that being – Something I did for conditioning. Always something that I did, you know, just like, hey, watch this. Um, but actually, when I was a kid, because this isn't the first thing I've done as a profession, when I was 12 years old, I turned professional in what's called jam skating, which is breakdancing on roller skates, like four-wheel roller skates. And so I used to do backflips and all that on those, and I competed at, you know, world tournaments and everything back when I was 12. So competition is something I've been addicted to since I was a kid. And then, you know, I kind of grew out of my, my skating days, got kind of into break dancing, um, played around with it, didn't take it too serious, got really into video games when I was like 13 as well, you know, going through that transition and uh, actually ended up playing those competitively and placing eighth uh, in a world tournament for that as well. And, so, you know, this is the competitiveness throughout different sports is all came through to fighting and fighting just seems to be the one that I can't figure it all out, you know, and, and break dancing. It's like, you learn it, you do good, you reach the top and then it's boring. Uh, same thing with, you know, gaming. And then you, you come to fighting. It's like, you never truly reach the top 
because it's all day by day dependent. But thinking back to, you know, seeing him do those movements and thinking back to the movements I used to do, because there's certain abilities that I kind of came into MMA with naturally, but I, I never knew how. I always just blamed them on genetics. But it probably became, it came from, you know, the training as a kid to do breakdancing. So I've kind of decided to incorporate that same training into my martial arts training. Hmm. Well, it's, it's great to see that. The two videos you posted, one was you doing continuous backflips, which I think was in like maybe the six to eight range. And then the other one, mm -hmm. you were doing a backflip into like a single leg shot takedown type thing. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, it was cool to see you do it both as it's sort of pure movement, um, you know, just backflip upon backflip, but also see you um, chaining a backflip, which would be an explosive movement. You mentioned that mm -hmm. you've been really, really working on your explosivity, which of course is a huge element of fighting, but oftentimes doesn't get used in such a unique way. So it's very cool. What can mm -hmm. you tell us? What can you tell us about your, I guess, more or less your physical development since March till now? Because that's half a year. And so, kind of, what are you noticing about yourself as we head into this fight? Um, definitely leaner. My speed is insane. I've never been this fast in my life. And truthfully, I mean, I, just physical development just seemed like everything kind of came together. Uh, I went into the year, and when I when I have a fight camp, I make it a purpose, like I said, no matter what, to never miss a session. So, uh, you know, I, I got diagnosed with the flu. Well, I made that sound like it was way more dramatic by saying diagnosed. But, <laughs> I got you know, I got the flu. I, I broke my toe. I got a sinus infection all throughout the camp for fatty. And I made sure to never miss a training session conditioning, whether it was you know, me over there sounding like I had the death rattle on the Aerodyne bike or, you know, anything. I made sure just to get through it, even if my output wasn't as great as I wanted, mainly just for the mind, because the mind will become weak on you if you let it. And <clears throat> so I kind of went into the same ideas, like, even after that fight to just stay ready and, you know, be consistent. And I still haven't missed a single practice, a single conditioning session this year. And that means, like, every day, twice a day, um, no exceptions, no nothing. Even on the road, I took, you know, tool, like conditioning tools with me to take uh, to the hotel. So even after I went and trained with Fatty and them, I could go back to the hotel and do my conditioning, no matter how tired it was, because you can't let your mind get soft on you. So I think the physical development, you know, one thing, I'm the best I've ever been, but the mental development's where it's all really changed. It's all came together to the point that before I could say I was one of the best in the world, and I would be hopeful. Now I can say, as far as bantamweights go, I am the best in the world, and I'm by far the best unsigned bantamweight, and I can say that with complete confidence. And if I get signed, then I'll just be the best overall bantamweight in the world. Well, yeah, it's great to, to hear the mindset, and that's what's so nice. And, and something that you've pointed out now twice is that this is your business, your career. You actually are super respectful. You, you are very mm -hmm. violent and efficient in the cage. But, but I do think that there's more and more, I think, people that come into MMA with the right mindset of combining everything, making it a business, being super professional with it. That's, that's a good attitude to have. Um, what do you know about your opponent for the title? Shifting gears to that Tennessee title fight coming up September 12th. 
Um, uh, so his name is James Abcock. He is six and four on a, or six and, sorry, I apologize, six and three or seven and three with a four fight win streak as of now. Uh, between the two of us, we have eight finishes. All, all of our wins, we have eight wins, or, yeah, eight wins all by finish within the first round. Um, all his losses come within the first or second round. I have no losses, so as far as what I know about him, he's uh, he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. He seems well-rounded. I just, at Bantamweight, I just don't think there's anybody on my level, and that's no disrespect to him. Like I said, he's very good. It's just, you know, I, I've won fights throughout my whole career, always giving up size, and now that that's not a factor, I just don't I don't see it, it going outside of the first, maybe second, especially with the way both of our records look with so many finishes. Well, that's exactly the confidence you have, which is great. And also, it's nice to see you fighting a pro, obviously, for a belt. But that is a, that is a good pro. You know, that's an experienced pro. Um, you know, and so it's nice to be testing yourself, just like you were going to test yourself up against Fatty, who was, I believe, still undefeated. And you guys are both undefeated. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this opponent has some defeats, but has quite a bit of experience. So that's just incredible. Um, let's Let's go on kind of to what you – think you're going to be kind of doing in the next I guess we're basically down to a month so what's kind of your plan as far as your training as far as when you go down to Tennessee what you know about their COVID preparations kind of let's uh, let's look at that so I believe as far as their COVID preparations go they are at 50 percent capacity um, my fight will also be aired on flow combat so I fully think you'll be getting a subscription to watch that one um, <laughs> But as far as me, I'm just going to stay at it for the next five weeks or four weeks. And, you know, the conditioning and stuff will stay kind of the same. Just make sure that I peak at the end and uh, let my body recover. I, if, you know, I can come back on after the fight and I'll give more details that I don't really, you know, I don't want to get too deep oh, into yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, of course. But um, just kind of, the, you know, going to have a calorie decrease coming up soon. Sure. Uh, just getting this weight off and making sure that I peak at the right time will be the, the big focus mentally and physically. So, Well, certainly. And, and obviously I, I meant that to be a broad general viewpoint of the next month. Of course, uh, you mentioned that you'll come on afterwards. We would love to have you on obviously to talk about how the fight goes and also some of the behind the scenes when it comes to COVID. We've had a couple fighters on now that co you know, now that we're starting to open up despite the COVID restrictions. So it's always nice to kind of hear and see uh, what different promotions are doing. So, I mean, it's been great having you back on the show. Obviously, everyone here at um, MMA FanCast wish you the best. We can't wait to have you back on the show, hopefully as champ. That would be incredible to have you back on as champ, and you can talk all about it. So uh, give us give us what you want um, your last words to be as far as uh, in this interview, whether it be thank yous or shout outs or predictions, basically the time is yours and, and kind of leave us your, your parting point, so to speak. Well, yeah, my big, you know, my thanks to get those out of the way would be to, you know, once again, my wife, like I said, she, she makes sure everything's taken care of. And without her, I truthfully would have, you know, got a quarter of the development that I had. Um, my coach, Derek Lambert, for the countless hours, Brett Summers, my main training partner for the countless hours of training, and everyone else at the gym. Um, 
follow me on Instagram, Jeremy Mitchell MMA. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Jeremy Mitch MMA, because apparently Mitchell, Jeremy Mitchell was already taken. Okay. Um, so I'll probably have to fight that guy and get that one back. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, predictions. Uh, like I said, I imagine I'll put him out of there within the first or second round. So. Well, you've heard it here on MMA FanCast from Jeremy the Adonis Mitchell, his prediction, which we can't wait uh, in anticipation to see that come to fruition. So thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, conditioning and training. And um, obviously, best wishes to you and your wife and everything that's going on with you guys. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Can't wait to catch up with you after the fight. Yes, sir. Thank you.